0: There we go. Can you hear me now? Do I have to crack that joke again? No, I won't. Um, fantastic. Um, yeah, as Tom uh, has just said, we are looking this evening uh, about how we can pray uh, for other people. And uh, this evening, just a few things. Uh, it's going to be interactive, just to give you forewarning of that. Um, if it's not interactive, then it may well be quite a short. Um, sermon, so it's going to rely on you guys to get talking and thinking. Um, just to say, I, you know, I've got no idea who's asked these questions, um, and it's often quite hard to maybe know what might be behind the question, and that kind of, and, and, and so forgive me if I don't answer it fully. Um, if, if I don't and you're here, then do come grab me afterwards, or we may well have some time to, uh, to, to have some questions afterwards. Uh, and just to say as well, you know, I, I do feel a complete hypocrite. Speaking on a on a subject like how can we pray for one another, uh, when particularly at the moment I'm uh, you know struggling to pray in parts, and so this is very much speaking to my own heart um, as we share and work through this together. Um, hopefully you've all got a sight of a handout. Has everyone got one of those? Give a wave if you haven't. No, you've all got one. Um, we're going old school this evening. No PowerPoint slides. Um, This is for you to take away with, uh, write on it, doodle on it, um, and refer to it. We'll see how much we get through um, this evening. Uh, First of all, there's a quote on the front of your handout that I'm going to read out. It's written by a guy called Dale Ralph Davis, who's a a Bible commentator, and this is written in his little book when he's writing on the Psalms, and he's writing about Psalm 5. Um, And when he says too little of this, he means how we should prepare our prayers, because he's saying David prepares his prayer in Psalm 5. Okay, Let let me read it. Uh, We find too little of this, that's preparing our prayer, in the church. We don't order our prayers. We simply start in with our religious rattling and easy Christian cliches. We just want to thank you, Lord. We're just really glad to be here. Uh, We ask you, Lord, to just give us a really good time in your presence. Just help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Brackets, how many ponder what that means in John 4? Has it perhaps become an empty phrase that simply makes excellent filler? Um, Tonight, and we'll be careful to give you all the honor and glory, blah, blah, blah. Then if we need to pad the prayer or to boost its earnestness, we can always insert Father or Lord every third or fourth word. Um, Go ahead, surely God's not too interested in our keeping the third commandment anymore. I suppose some might call this free prayer. It's certainly free. I doubt if it's prayer. Sometimes we may need to revert to using the written prayers of others to get back on track, like praying the Psalms themselves as our prayers, or using the Book of Common Prayer, gulp for some, or the Puritan prayers collected in the Valley of Vision or chunks out of Matthew Henry's method of prayer. There is a difference between prayer and drivel. I do not want to advocate eloquence in prayer, but I want to reject thoughtlessness in prayer. In the morning... I will set in order my request to you. That's from Psalm 5. Prepare your prayer. There we go. Um, just with the person next to you, um, if there's someone on near you, you'll need to move. I just want you to, to just share what, what, what do you think about that? Um, does it resonate with you at all? Do you think he's completely wrong? Um, that kind of thing. Just to clarify, when he says eloquence, what he's meaning is he's not advocating these fluent grand prayers. That's not what he's saying. He's saying he wants thoughtfulness in prayer. Um, so have a quick chat amongst your groups, um, and then we'll we'll have a see what you think um, in a moment. Go for it. Okay, it's um, really nice to hear lots of um, chatter going on, uh, which is great. Uh, I don't have a microphone to go around and, and rove and get you to uh, feedback, but it would be lovely to hear some thoughts. I'm not going to do a slow creep of death as they do at training events don't worry um, although if no one speaks I will pick on somebody um, so any, any thought do you yell it out and if people can't hear from the other side of the church I'll, I'll translate what were your thoughts about that quote immediate kind of when you read it what do you, what do you think Andy discouraging ok in what way would you say it was discouraging in what way? How how discouraging? Oui. Ah, interesting. Nice. I like being provocative. This is good. It's not my church. I can just leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. We'll move on. Um. I yeah. I, I mean, it's deliberately provocative. I think Andy just to pick your point. I think he was. He said he's not advocating eloquence in prayer, but it's more a, a thoughtfulness is what he's saying on the back of kind of um, Psalm 5. Uh, but we'll, we'll unpack maybe a little bit of that as we, as we go on. It was certainly a challenge to me when I read it. Um, I know that I do not prepare my prayers. Um, you know, I'll sit down in the morning with my mug of coffee in bed and I'll read my Bible and I'll, I'll, I'll do that and then I'll pray and then my mind will start wandering and thinking about what I've got to do and all this kind of stuff. And so, I suppose what I want to do this evening is to, to, to nick a phrase from Dale Ralph Davis, is, is how can we avoid, if you like, the drivel? How can we pray for others? What should be the substance of our prayers? Um, riffing a lot out of this book, uh, which I thoroughly recommend by Tim Keller, I've dipped in and out on over the years on prayer. Um, so taking a fair amount from him. Um, nothing's original, is it? So why reinvent the wheel? Um, two things. I want us to think about this evening. Two questions. First of all, why pray for one another? Why do we even do that? Uh, And then secondly, how do we actually do that? Or what do we do? So first of all, why pray for one another? That's the first question. You see it in your handout. And the simple reason is it's in the Bible. Um, You look at those two texts. I've written there, Ephesians 6, 18. Um, Just have a look at them. Uh, And notice, at the end, the phrase Paul uses... And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Colossians 1.9 For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Praying for one another is really important. Um, It is an important part of being a Christian. Having it in our mind to be praying for other people. Um, I'd maybe go as far as saying it's a matter of obedience to the Lord that we are praying for other people. It should be a natural thing that should come out of us, of our faith. This isn't praying for other people reserved for those people who we think are prayer giants or prayer warriors. This is for every Christian. And so just quietly, I want you to think, um, do you pray for other people in your own life? In your own walk with the Lord, do you pray for other people? Um, and if not, just start to think, why don't I do that? So just a moment of quiet and quiet, don't need to share with people around you. Just think, do you pray for other people? If not, why not? Just a moment to think. Okay. Second question. It's a lot longer than the first, so don't worry. Um, And this is where we'll spend most of our time, is how we can pray for other people. So you might be on board, you might think, okay, yep, I realize I should be praying for others, but maybe one of the reasons that I don't do that is because I simply just don't know what to pray or even how to do it. And so we're going to work through several points this evening that are all on your handouts. Um, First one, uh, we must plan to pray. Um, I think we struggle uh, to pray for other people because we don't plan to pray. Um, You don't just drift into the spiritual life. You you have to plan. You have to set aside time to do that. Um, And life is full of things, if you think about it, that that you don't just drift into. Um, I've got a gym in my garage and um, powerlifting is quite important to me, I really enjoy it, and you know, just drift into it. I have to set aside time to do that. plan. But actually when I compare that against the time I set aside for, for praying, it's actually quite shameful. And I think one of the reasons is because I don't plan enough to pray. So just back in your, your groups then, that question you think about: what makes it hard to plan to pray? Not what makes it hard to pray? What makes it hard to plan? To pray. Okay, a few minutes just thinking about that. Okay, if you want to draw your conversations to a close. So, any, any, any anything anyone wants to say in response to how, why do, how do we, what makes it hard? Sorry, to plan to pray. What are some of the challenges that get in the way of planning to pray? Anybody want to yell out anything? Distractions, yes. Were well, you beaten to it there, Ali? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Distracted. Oh, okay, so something behind the distraction. <laughs> Planning's hard. Yeah. 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 Responsibilities that you have that can get in the way of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you plan to pray, something comes up, scuppers the plan, and you think, what's the point of that? Yeah. Great. I. I I think it's important to say, isn't it, that, that different lifestyles demand different patterns. You know, if you're at college, you're at school or whatever, that's going to look very different from somebody who's a, who's a shift worker. Um, you know, the mother of twin two-year-olds is neither going to enjoy the energy nor the, the leisure of someone who's living in less constrained circumstances. Um, but unless we plan to pray, we won't pray. Now, this doesn't mean you can't pray throughout the day doesn't mean right I've set aside my nine till 930 slot I'm done brilliant over um, you know I'll pray, pray when I'm driving walking the dog whatever'm I'm, I'm doing but but it is important I think to get into the habit of devoting ourselves to times of prayer you might as well also be in the situation I don't know if you had this and you say to somebody I'll pray for you and uh, how many people have said that to somebody and then totally forgot to go and pray for them. Yeah, everyone's hands going up. Fantastic. It's very easy to do, isn't it? But if we plan, just if we're starting to change our thinking, we might say to someone, "Let me pray for you." And can I do that now, whilst you're here? It ramps up the intensity bit, doesn't it? Um, when you're asking them that, or the moment you're done with that conversation, you, you you go and pray for them. You pause, whatever you're doing, and you do it. Don't wait. Plan to pray. Second point: What is happening? when we pray for others. and um, When we pray for others, the, the type of prayer that you might hear band around the word is supplication, um, or petition is also used. It's, it's when we're asking of God um, things for ourselves, for others, or for the world. And, and when we do that, when we talk to God with our, our, our requests and our desires, what is happening between us and God? Um, Tim Keller in his book is really helpful on this. I think this is an important point Just as like a foundational thing for us as we learn to pray for others. Um, On the one hand, God is in control of all things. Um, Our prayers could never wrest any control of any part of the universe away from God. But on the other hand, in His goodness, He allows the world to be susceptible to our prayers. And these two facts are true at the same time. Our prayers, on the one hand, really do matter. They make a difference. Yet, yeah, on the other hand, God's wise plan for all situations is sovereign, which means He's in control and infallible, which means there's no mistake. It's a great story in, in Keller's book of the, uh, the, uh, the 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 Saxon king Ethelfrith, and uh, he's a pagan Saxon king in Northumbria, and uh, they're invading Wales, and they're about to go to battle, and the Welsh were Christians. And as Ethelfrith it's hard to say ethelfrith uh, was looking at the opposing army, he noticed this whole bunch of unarmed men. And he said uh, to his soldiers, who are they? And, uh, and he was told, well, they're the Christian monks of Bangor, praying for the success of their army. And Ethelfrith realized immediately how serious the situation was, and he said, attack them first. There is power uh, when we pray. And that's important to keep in our mind as we are praying for other people. And we'll serve them well if we know that. Thirdly, God knows best. Um, in, a, in a document called the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is basically kind of a summary of big doctrinal truth in the Bible. It's, it's done in the form of like a question and an answer. Um, the question is, what is prayer? Um, on your handout, you'll see, you'll see the answer. And I think it's quite a helpful answer. And prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. It's important to bear in mind that when we are praying for other people, there is an offering up of our desires. We say to God what is on our heart. We say to him from our deepest depth what it is that we would like, what we're longing for. Whether that's please heal somebody, please provide, please protect, please comfort, whatever it is. That's that part of the the answer. But, it says there, that word agreeable to His will. We pray knowing that what we may ask may well have wrong motives, but also we may well have been mistaken. We are to ask for things that fulfill our desires, but also fulfill God's wisdom and His will. And as you start to pray with this attitude, those two things, a guy called J.I. Packer says, two two really helpful um, things can happen as we pray for other people. See, when we begin praying for someone, as part of our prayer, we should lay out before God why we think what we're asking for is, is the best thing. It's almost like a kind of dialogue and an arguing with God. Packer says, telling God Why what we have asked for seems to us to be for the best in light of what we know God's own goals to be. It's that idea of just embedding just theology into our prayers, our knowledge of God, which is all theology means. Rather than just running down a shopping list of things that we want, we reflect on what we desire in the light of what pleases God. What grieves him, what he wants for those, what his desires are. And when we make, second thing he says is that when we make our needs known to God, we're praying for others, we tell God explicitly that if he wills something different, we know that it will be better, and it is that that we really want him to do. God really does know best. And if we pray in this way, when we're asking for something that we desperately desire, we'll find it reshapes our hearts. And I think this is worth bearing in mind when praying for people to be healed. I think this was attached to the question, um, you you know, how do we pray for people to be healed? Yes, we absolutely believe God can heal. Yes, we can absolutely bring that desire before God and He wants to hear that. Um, But it is also the case that as we kind of argue with God, as we think of God's goals for people, we can be led to be genuinely at peace, knowing that God's answer will be for our best and that person's best, healing or not. Next point have praise of God in your prayer locker. Um, you know, you can summarize kind of prayer in many different ways. One way that you can do it is you, you have the upward, which is like the praise and the thanksgiving uh, that focuses on God, you have the inward which is focusing on me and my, my own um, sin and my own life. And then you have the outward, praying for other people, focusing on their needs. But it is worth saying this quote from Keller that I find really helpful. Let's have a look at it um, on your handout. Praise motivates the other kinds of prayer. The more we attend to God's perfect holiness and justice, the more readily we will see our own flaws and confess them. Seeing God's greatness also leads to supplication, that's praying for others. The more we sense His majesty and the more we realize our dependence on Him, the more readily we will go to Him for every need. We could say the awe-filled adoration of God corrects the other forms of prayer. Do You see what he's saying? If we have praise prayers in our locker. That's part of our, our prayer life. It will enhance our praying for others. And so to be effective in praying for others will be impacted by how much we focus solely on praising God. Next point, a passion for people. Um, Could someone read for me um, those verses from 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 to 20? Someone read that out just nice and loud. You've got it all in front of you on the handout. Someone could just just go for it. You'll probably all read at the same time, won't you? So not in your groups... But fire these words out. What are Paul's emotions here as you read that? What are some of Paul's emotions as you read through those verses? Longing, intense longing, yes. Frustration, yeah. I think what what comes across, kind of picking on what Andy said, it, it is, it's just this love for people. And you get that over and again in Paul's letters. He is so committed to these Christians in Thessalonica, to their well-being, he's kind of burning up to be with them. He is a passionate man, Paul, who wants to be involved in people's lives. And, And his ministry is not designed to write books or produce ideas or vision statements or whatever it might be, but it is to serve the people of God. And it's this passion for people that shapes the prayers that he makes on their behalf. And so how can we pray for other people? We must have a passion for people. And if you struggle with that, yep, you guessed it. The answer is to pray to the Lord, to soften your heart and give you a compassion for people. Next point, the content of our prayers. And, and this really goes back to the, the start, the quote that we had um, at the start. You know, we might have the desire to pray. For others, we might have the passion for people. We might grasp what happens when we pray. We might know that God knows best, but you get to that moment to pray for somebody. You get to sit down and and you planned it and you... Okay, not sure exactly what words to use here. Well, in the first instance, the Bible contains many prayers and also many truths that can shape what we desire back to Paul. He wrote lots of prayers and in those prayers gives loads of space to praying for others. And so we can use his prayers word for word as we pray for other people. Just have a look down at some of the verses. I won't go through all of them. But Romans 15, 5 to 6, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind, and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, You know, if you want to know what to pray for our churches in the Cornerstone team, just pray that. Romans 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You want to pray for someone who you know is really struggling? Just pray that. It's interesting in, in lots of Paul's prayers, yes, we pray for physical needs, but a lot of the stuff he prays for are, are, are spiritual lives. So what I want us to do, just by way of kind of putting this into practice, don't worry, you're not going to have to pray out loud or anything, just choose one of those prayers that I've printed out there. And I'd like you to pray that for the person sitting on your... I don't want anyone to get left out. Left or right, you can figure it out. I mean, and, and name them, you know, it's, you know, may the God of hope fill Tom with all joy and peace as he trusts in it. You just change the words. So just take a moment just to, just to do that, okay? Pray for the person next to you using any of those passages of Scripture that you'd, um, that you'd like. Let's pray. Amen. Um, I've listed there a whole host of, of, of references. There are many, many, many more that are prayers. I mean, there's loads. And you, you know, you can go home and, and and have a read of those. And if you're struggling to know how can I pray for someone, particularly today, just pray that. Just pray those. And then throughout scripture as well, as we encounter God's word, we find loads of things that we can use in our prayers. Not necessarily prayers, but but areas of life that we can pray for other people. Could somebody, I'm gonna get you to, to just look up some passages here. They're not on your At your sheets. Could someone look up for me Ephesians 6, 1 to 3 and put your hand up so I know who's going to read it? Someone look it up. Ephesians 6, 1 to 6. Steve, thank you. Can someone look up 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 2? 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 2. Who wants to do that? Ali? Thank you, Ali. Can someone look up Psalm 6, 4 to 6? Psalm 6, 4 to 6. That's easy to remember. Claire, brilliant. Yvonne, you could do Psalm 88, 13 to 18. Brilliant. So we'll just wait for folk to get those and just read them out. What was that? What was yours again? Which icon, Richard, did you ask? Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Yeah, Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Steve, do you want to yell out nice and loud? Brilliant. What well, can you pray if you're a parent for your kids? you can pray that they would delight to honour their mum and their dad and that they'd realise in doing that that it pleases the Lord. You can just pray that, it's there. Um, 1 Timothy 2, Ali, was that? Brilliant. We can pray for all of those leaders in power in our country, around the world. And you see there, so that we can live peaceful, quiet, godly lives in holiness. There's something to pray. Um, Psalm 6, Claire, was that you? Can you read that for us? 4-6, to yes, thank you. Thank you. That is Psalm 6. It's a lament. You know, when you pour your heart out honestly um, to God, you can, you can do that on behalf of others. <laughs> you can lament on behalf of other people. Um, Yvonne, would you read Psalm 88, 13 to 18 for us? Thank you. Psalm ends saying, Darkness is my closest friend. Uh, when you know someone who may really be struggling, when there's no way out, it seems. You can pray this with somebody to reassure them, you know what, it's okay to feel that way. I could go on. There's a lot of that in the Bible. Lots of other things to pray for. But you see the point, right? We need to allow Scripture to inform our prayers. Last point. Um, cultivate humility. Um, part of the question as well was how can we feel able to ask for prayer? Um, You know Why is it that we might be reluctant to ask for prayer from others? Well, I think put simply, it's an issue of pride. Our inability, our nervousness to ask for prayer comes because I think we might not seem to want to be weak, might not want to seem weak. It can seem embarrassing to go up to be prayed for because it's admitting and showing to the world and to our closest friends that we can't do it on our own. John Calvin, who was an old theologian of the 16th century, um, he had a big book called His Institutes. And in it, he had these rules for prayer, not kind of you must do this, but like guidelines. And one of his rules um, was this you can see it on there the sense of need that excludes all unreality. He's talking about spiritual humility. It's about being brutally honest with our flaws, our weaknesses. And being real, that's the unreality He's telling us to get rid of. It's the side we don't like to show. And so prayer requires this humility. And if we're not able to acknowledge our state, that we need a Savior, that we need grace and forgiveness, if we're not able to admit our doubts and our fears and our emptiness, then we will never ask someone for prayer. Or if we do, it will be to pray for their neighbor's dog or something quite distant to feel able to ask for prayer we must be humble isn't that what the church is about isn't this place a hospital for sick people so why do we need to pretend there's a last point there that says you can use written prayers and you can look at those um, other resources uh, that are there but that's That's all I've got. Um, I think we might do some questions, maybe, Tom. Um, He'll answer them. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can. I'm going to go now. Um, And I think we may be singing. Is that right?